Welcome back for another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast. Um, another semi-emergency episode edition. Uh, maybe like a nine one one call. I got a flat tire on the side of the highway. Like maybe I don't need help right away, but it's an emergency. Semi. So semi-emergency pod <laughs> with Drake again. Uh, Drake, how you doing, my man? Hey, I'm doing good, bro. Just kind of waiting around. I, th- I think we're still going to make make some more movement, maybe for someone potentially bigger, bigger name. I don't know. But yeah, man, I think we're, we're still fishing around. But I'm just I'm just kind of I'm even keel. I mean, ever since that Orlando Brown signing up, been kind of chilled out. All of us. Yep. Absolutely, man. You know, it's 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 just a big exhale. Right. You know, we, we were all holding our breath and um, we were hard. A lot of us were holding our breath, you know, um, some people with different demeanors, you know, more of frustration. Like, I'm not trying to completely burst out in anger right now, but I'm impatient. Shit's passing up, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, some were nervous. Some were, like I said, angry, whatever it may have been, um, you know, or had optimism like a good thing is coming. And for those people. Uh, they were right, and um, obviously, you know, letting it all soak in the past 24 hours. Guys were recording at 11.30. Um, Drake, you know, obviously you had a busy day. I had a busy day, and it coordinates well the time of this podcast because if it was last night, what if we recorded at 10 p.m., bro? We ended at 10.35. I know. We'd have had a hot right. Like, right. we don't know, you know, what's going to happen at any time, really. At any time, you know, especially if they announced it tonight, you know what I mean? If they were to uh, you know, announce it, and they did it with, like, Hendrickson, I think. They announced his super late, so it didn't surprise me that they signed him that late, but I was like, man, like, they really they really wanted to make a statement, and they did. I mean, you, you saw it all over mainstream, you know, sports today, NFL Live, whatever. I mean, everybody was – praising the Bengals for being able to make this deal happen. I mean, this was an amazing deal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, with that, um, you know, processing that today, the Bengals were not done in the O-lineman market. You know, they decided to – we got news this morning. They were hosting Cody Ford, uh, who was a 20 20- – uh, fuck. I think I forgot already. 2019, 38 overall pick. Man, what is up with the 38 overall pick in lineman for the Bengals? <laughs> signed Xavier Suofilo, who is 38th overall. Max Sharping may have been 38th overall. Okay, I would have to see that to clarify. And then Jackson Carmen was not 38th, but to get a little bit more deeper into that he we initially had picked 38 wanted carmen got an offer to go to 46 isn't that a weird fucking trend yeah what a a weird little trend bro it it definitely is and you know i remember cody ford you know i thought zim zim didn't want him but uh yeah he was a guy that was getting mocked to the Bengals a lot and i was surprised if they would have drafted him but you know Things happen, and here we are now. Absolutely, man. So um, they took care of business pretty quickly with him. Uh, actually, I'm looking at it. He was 55th overall, okay? Okay. So nonetheless, 
Bengals and second round linemen, it's seemingly a near inevitable thing at this point. I mean, if you're not a first or second round lineman, you're likely not on this roster um, outside the unprecedented situation of Orlando Brown. It's crazy to say Orlando Brown is our tackle. I'm just <laughs> we're not used to talking yeah. about legit talent on our O line, you know. Well, it, it it's like you can talk that shit now. You can tell yeah. people like I got Orlando Brown. You know what I mean? Like it's not like oh, I got Jonah Williams. He's solid. No, I got Orlando Brown, and I think that that speaks volumes. Like they they could have easily extended Bates. They could have easily extended a guy like Von Bell. They they decided you know we got all this money on the table let's let's make do of it and they they were creative i will say that they were super creative with with how they got their deal done because we talked about this a guy that was commanding over a hundred million dollars i mean it's just crazy yep reiterated again as most people know at this point this dude not only turned down a hundred million he nearly he turned down nearly a hundred and fifty Right. I mean, it, it's still insane. And and I know I know people are going to look at it like, well, he kind of it's kind of his fault because, you know, he he was already at that number. And then, you know, he held out and his mark got lowered. But it's like, yeah, honestly, this man's about to get wired. Thirty one million dollars Sunday. He's going to wake up feeling yeah. nice. He's not he does not care about what what ifs because i mean the fact is he's gonna be a very rich man and he's gonna be blocking for yet another mvp type quarterback and i will say like stars align i mean mvp joe is due just because like that guy he's it's coming i mean he's been surrounded and with just nothing but that type of energy you know so he He's been yep. at that type of culture, and I think bringing in a guy like Cody Ford was smart. I liked the move actually a lot. I know a lot of people were kind of shitting on it because he's not going to be a starter, right? He's the, he, that's yep. not how people should view it or look at it. And I get he's he's not the best, but at the same time, I think having that chemistry there, having having a friend to be able to like you know push you harder is is definitely something that. It's going to help him, you know, and we, we've been looking for kind of a, a solid backup at, you know, these positions and he's very flexible and he's 26. I mean, you, you get him on a little one year, one year deal. And of course, I, he might, he might get cut before the season starts. I'm sure that's yep. the plan, but you never know. But mm-hmm. I, I think in, in the least, it, it was a good short term move for them, you know, just to just get, more depth and, and beef up that line. I think those type of moves are the type of moves championship teams make. That's exactly right, man. And this move is then bro, the point you made about him potentially not even making the 53 man roster when it comes to time for cutdowns at the end of August. I, I was saying that earlier today as well. I was like, look guys, like this dude could not like there, there's no guarantee this dude's even making the roster, but, the point of this signing is stability. Fill as many holes as you possibly can in free agency. You got to fill your most glaring holes in free agency. And you draft luxury. And you draft luxury. Yeah. You go BPA. 
Like, if you find the best player, the best talent there, you fucking take it. What have we talked about for so long, and specifically after this season? Our depth fucked us over. We were not ready enough. Nonetheless, you know, our offensive line was not where we needed it to be. So they say, okay, we're going to fix the problem up top with your starting five. We're also going to work to beef up the back end. So this never fucking happens again. And is is Cody Ford going to be the sixth guy for the O-line? No, not. Like, especially to like with LaL in the mix, that's not happening. And this is not going to be what the O-line looks like on the 53-man roster. There's going to be lots of moves. And that could even consist of Jonah Williams being gone, LaL being gone, and Cody Ford being gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, who knows yeah. what the future holds for it? I mean, it, it all it all comes down to cap casualties. You know, you, you see good players getting cut all the time just for simple fact they got to recoup some of that money. And, you know, mm-hmm. a Riley Reef falls out. Anything like that, you never know. You you can go after it. So, you know, they're, they're living in, in the moment now, which I, I really respect because, man, we, we were thinking that, like, okay, the Bengals – you know, Duke told us that they were spinning to the cap, but then you know we're sitting around for two days wondering, like, okay, kind of makes sense. Maybe they are pushing the cap back a little so they can save for T and Joe. Makes sense, but they, I mean, they made a monumental move by saying we don't care. Like we, Mike Tomlin, we do not care. Like they literally went out and did something crazy, and Chiefs fans can can try to mimic it all they want. They they know that they 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 got played chess with like checkmate. So I think mm-hmm. it was it was amazing, man. Like there's no words that can express how like in his prime. That's what I said. Duke Tobin is in his prime right now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So, man. Th- this could be this signing could be the best signing he's ever made. And we're talking about he has signed all pro talents and DJ Reader and Trey Hendrickson and Mike Hilton. And that's what gives me hope, bro, because when I when I look at a DJ Reader signing, right, you think like, okay, we know this guy's a dog, but like, is he going to prove to be, be that worth? And like, mm-hmm. this was one of those moves where like, they – they proved like I think this dude's gonna be it. Like I really do. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, yeah, you know, we talked to Nazim about the deal and just one uh perspective I'm thinking about, which is a complete luxury with this guy. He played with MVP Lamar Jackson, MVP Patrick Mahomes, and soon to be MVP Joe Burrow. What a fucking luxury for a young talent. What a fun ride. Like he goes from the second best quarterback to the best quarterback. That's my opinion. Some people would say the best quarterback to the second best quarterback. Whatever the fuck you want to say. Number one and two quarterbacks in the league. Like 15 and nine run the NFL. Orlando, a premier talent, is blocking for one of them next, one day and the other one the next day. You know, like it, it's super cool. It, it's just so crazy because when you really look at this dude, right, like he wants to play left tackle, right? But when you like look at his resume, this dude is – I know it's early. I get it. This dude's probably trying to put up a Hall of Fame resume. He's already got four Pro Bowls and five. Oh, absolutely, bro. Four Pro Bowls. He's primed to do it. 
Right. He's primed to do it. Four Pro Bowls in five years. And then you're telling me that now he wants to go play. I mean, he, he could have took the easy route and stayed at right tackle. You know what I mean? Like, not not say that's an easy position, but left tackle, that comes with a lot more territory. So yeah. he, he, he slides over to left and it, he makes a point. And I, I'm rooting for him. I, I really hope that now that he's in Cincinnati, I hope that does not affect, you know, the way that he gets selected in the Pro Bowl. Hopefully we keep it rolling. But I, yeah. I, th- I think this is a breakout year for Orlando Brown this year. Yep. Yeah, man. I mean, to get the 17th um, highest amount of dollars from a tackle was incredible. Uh, Mike McGlinchey got $17.5 million a year. Right. That just blows my fucking mind. Jawan Taylor, like, I spend much time uh, talking about, you know, opposition, much shit like that, because I really don't care. Right. I'm just stating some rationale here, because sadly, it is spewing a ton of toxicity right now with um, – uh, toxic Chiefs fans. Uh, it's crazy with how toxic they've been, really. Uh, since this, uh, we lost them. Um, it's pretty weird. Not stopped at all, and it has only enhanced since the Orlando Brown signing. Obviously, with uh, with me stating the facts, the Chiefs did everything they could to give him a massive, 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 massive fat bag. He turned it down because the guaranteed wasn't there. We gave him what he wanted. The Chiefs didn't. He wanted to play here over Kansas City. And, and Chiefs fans gave – they're dissing on Orlando Brown, yet they gave and Jawan Taylor, who is not as good as Orlando Brown, period, straight up, not as talented, okay? Uh, $80 million for four years to play left tackle, which he's never played in the NFL. Yet – oh, and they also gave him $60 million guaranteed. Yet they're dissing in Orlando Brown signing where he's more talented than Jawan and we signed him for four million less per year. And that, you know, like I don't get it. That's the thing. People are gonna try to run with this narrative of their own to make them feel better, like, oh well, it makes sense that the Chiefs pay Jawan more because you know they see something that we don't. But it's like, no, that's not it. I think what the Bengals are doing right now. They are changing the entire NFL, and people don't want to wake up and pay attention to that, but a lot of teams are going to hone in on what the Bengals are doing at some point, and they're going to sit on their hands. You know, they're going to sit, they're going to wait through the first wave, let let guys kind of flay out. So it's like the, the Bengals, they, they did exactly what they needed, and it, it wasn't a surprise. It was a surprising move, but not surprising in the fact that they waited around normally you know until that second third wave hit and they waited to see who was still top on the market and Orlando Brown was there so you get him you get him cheap and yeah I made it sweet today Juwan Taylor zero and I get it pro bowls aren't everything but zero pro bowls in four seasons 60 million guaranteed you got Orlando Brown dude that everybody was kind of shitting on coming out even though he should have been top 10 pick like he should have yeah uh Four Pro Bowls in five seasons, forty-three million guaranteed. So I mean, it just goes to show, goes to show how good the front office is. Yep, yep. I mean, it, yeah, we talked about it, you know, in depth last night. Just the the masterclass. There is not a franchise out there that is signing better deals than Duke Tobin and the Bengals. There's not, and. 
it's it's just it's incredible. So um um uh, not to go down Orlando too much anymore, like I said, because of how much we talked about him yesterday, beyond how incredible the signing is. Um Cody Ford. I tried to figure out how much the deal was for. I have not seen it at all. I've just seen a one year deal. Um it might be a minimum, you know, it might be like yeah. one point one or you know, something super mm-hmm. low. Yep. Yep, and I guess a little bit more about him, uh, guys. He he started forty nine career games, um, and he's just never got it going. You know, he's never been able to put it together. Uh, there's been some controversy on Twitter, you know, Bengals fandom on what they perceive this guy to be. Nonetheless, it's a backup, and like I said earlier in the episode, we don't know. Uh, you know, you may be talking um, eighth guy on the line. You know what I'm saying? Like, you may – like, I don't know if he'd be a swing guy. Jackson may be the six. Uh, Deontay, you know, we got guys. And Hakeem is going to be out the door. I think they're done with the experiment. Um, you know, three years in, it's been detrimental. Um, you know, and I think Deontay may be on his last shot as well because it just hasn't been able to pan out for him. Uh, but we got guys – and with signing a Cody Ford, you right now, and shit may not be done with this O line, yo. Like it may not be done. You can go into the draft and you can get a guy in round one or round two, like a Dewan Jones or some guy that falls. I mean, you can have a great O line for the future. A great O line. Well, could you imagine, bro, two six eight tackles? I mean, you Dewan you you have two six eight three hundred and sixty pound plus tackles. Um, Orlando's really that big, bro. He's six eight two. Insane, bro. Yeah, he's six eight three sixty. He doesn't look like it. It's insane. I know, bro. And he moves good with his weight. Like, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it'd be insane. Like, I mean, me and Zim were talking today. Now, of course, this would consist of multiple hurdles for the Bengals to do, and you don't see them take a ton of hurdles like this. But then again, you saw how left field the signing was, so I'm not saying anything is ruled out. But I would like a world to where the Bengals trade Jonah. You get 13 mil back. That's right? straight up cash. That's like, how I feel. That's exactly- Yes, bro. Trade Jonah while he has value because you are not extending him. You're not going to pay him next year. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're paying Kappa $40 million. You're paying Orlando $60 million. Yes, the future contracts look phenomenal. Like, because that's how what we've been preaching. Bengals make phenomenal contracts. But nonetheless, I mean, Ted, 18. You're talking $100 million on that O-line. You draft a guy. So, you're not keeping Joe around. Trade him. Get that money back. Cut L as well, or it, I would have to look at the exact numbers of his contract. You'd have to be confident with where he's at. You may keep him because I think it's a game by game or snap number basis on how much he gets paid because of his injury history. It was a heavily incentive latent deal based on playing time. You could maybe afford to keep him. Nonetheless, say you part ways with him, you sign a Jermaine Illuminor. For 6.5, 7.5 mil as a stopgap, you draft a guy. 
bro. So you save 13 from Jonah. Fuck it. Say you cut Lyle. You get 6.3. That's $19.5 million right there. You sign Illuminor for 7.5. You save $12 million by siphoning through your O-line, clearing the shit out, and having a stopgap with the O-lineman uh, piece in the draft waiting in the, you know, for the next year or two. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think um, you definitely can get another draft pick for Jonah. I think there's, you know, the Bengals are obviously always the team that usually sells high unless, you know, a player fucks them over, you know, tries to throw them in the dirt. But, yeah, yeah. I think the Bengals are pretty are pretty set on, on their value of what they want. They might even ask for a second for Jonah. They might be crazy and ask for a second. Yeah, they're they're not gonna get it. Think they're gonna get it, but then again, you talk about the value an eight that tackle has in this league. A twenty four, twenty five year old tackle that has he's got valuable traits. He's got good traits. He just he has been able to put it together. And you hope a team could bite from maybe a perspective they lead with like, well, the Bengals have not been able to develop guys. So the, um, the lenses are skewed, you know, for how this guy is performing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe that could up a team's value on them because like, you know what? We see it. We don't really trust what the Bengals did because of what they've done with their fucking development with their line. It's been infamous, horrible. So maybe I wouldn't expect it. I would expect something like a four. And if you're talking trade night, like the day of the draft, I would take a five. Because, like I said, you take a pick, you take the asset and offload those dollars, or you're stuck with the dollars, and he's walking next year empty-handed. You didn't get anything for him. Yeah. I mean, it it definitely – Makes you wonder. I mean, I, I brought that up. You know, I thought the first thing that made sense was to sell Jonah as high as you can. Just, you know, left tackle market. I know there's got to be a team out there that, that needs someone. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but I, I know the Bengals perspective, though, too, is like we're going to put the best five out there. And hopefully, you know, hopefully he could make that transition to right tackle. You know, hopefully, you know, if they do wind up sticking it out and, you know, let him prove himself this year. Hopefully, hopefully he shows himself at right tackle because, I mean, we we really can't afford to be weak over there. I mean, that, that's been our, our downfall. And hopefully, you know, back to his Alabama days, he can go over you know, to that right side and, and anchor down. But I, I honestly, you know, I don't know how long of a, you know, healing and recovery process for Lyle it's going to be. I'm sure it's going to be a while, but, I mean, I would love to see them them two battle for for that position. I mean, I know yeah. we're not going to get him back probably by the beginning of the season, but like, damn. yeah, absolutely, bro. Yeah, it's to be seen. I mean, you're talking about a dude that tore his ACL, fucked up his knee, Christmas Eve, typical recovery time, especially for a dude that's a bit older. And as, you know, navigated through a lot of injuries, I don't know how much that would, you know, delay his healing. But nine months is the end of September. 
So who knows how that's going to look. And I think I was telling you last night or um, fucking uh, someone else, you know, talking to space or whatever, like, what does L not like to do? Practice. What, what does he not like to be heavily involved in? Training camp. So if he wants to stay around, he's got to prove himself worthy in those environments preseason. So that's going to be an yeah. uphill battle for him big time. You know, yeah. he's got to be ready. We'll see how it transpires. Yeah, most definitely. I I think that's just like saw reports today that's they're just going to kind of wait and, and see that situation out. So, you know, I, I hope that Jonah can, can slide over there and, and help us win a championship. Like we, we really need it. I mean, this, that, that move with Orlando, I think that that speaks volumes that we are trying to win a championship, not next year, this year, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I mean, look, I'll, I'll make this last point about it. Then um, I'm going to sum it up and we can go ahead and um, kind of wrap up the show with, you know, hovering over Nick Scott, Taylor Rapp, and um, maybe CJGJ after this. But the biggest thing with this now is like, uh, I think this is the most leverage. No, this is the most leverage we have ever had with this Bengals O-line since Andrew Whitworth was in the room. Seriously. I Because – Yet it was close last year. You know, it was close after Lael, but you still had the question mark with Carmen. Then you were heading into the season. You had no idea what Cordell was since he showed you in preseason. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have leverage now. And here's the best part. You have leverage in March. The draft has not even happened yet. You have leverage going into the draft. Bro, this is all that you can dream for at this time. And it's this is going to be the most important thing for your franchise when you have to pay premier dollars for these cornerstone stars that you have. You have to build as much leverage as you can heading into a draft, okay? Because that's what keeps your team good. Yeah. Like, the last thing we've talked about it, the last thing you want to do is to go into a draft with massive holes and to plug them out of desperity. We've seen it occur. We've seen the Billy Prices. We've seen the Abuehis and Fishers. We've seen the reaching picks. You are on the opposite end of that spectrum right now with O-line. Like, we were talking about it last night, bro, and with the injection of this guy, Cody Ford, you have so many guys. Like, what are you going to do? How many times have we been able to ask, what are you going to do with all these guys on the O-line? Right. Like, we're fiending typically. Like, we're starving. Like, oh, my God, can we please get talent? Now – we got options, man. It It's awesome, bro. Like, the fact that you really just see how much we've came over the past few years of beefing up the trenches. You know, that's always been one of our downsides, you know, offensive line and then defensive line, you know, anybody being able to run up, run against us, you know. So it, it's been nice to see, you know, they've interjected over $100 million in, in both both spots. I mean, that's that's awesome, man. Absolutely. It's, it's fucking huge. Um, so like I said, you know, we'll go ahead and, um, you know, turn the page a bit, talk about some of the other news today. The morning started off with the Cody, Cody Ford visit along with Nick Scott, uh, the safety, uh, for the Rams, weird correlations, obvious ones, Zach, you know, inclined to know with what the Rams got going on. 
Um, something I think some people got a bit carried away with, like this is Zach's fifth year here. Some of these guys that were with the Rams, Zach did not know. But, of course, connection with Sean, things like that. It's just weird to think, like, a lot of the safeties on the market, bro, came through the Rams. John Johnson I don't think is going to be a Bengal. At least I don't think. Um, like I said earlier, I'm not fucking throwing anything out the window, bro. Well, you know, with that signing last night, I'm not saying anything's not happening. But then you got Taylor Rat, other safety from the Rams. Nick Scott, who you brought in for a visit today, safety from the Rams. Like, and it, it turned out interesting tonight with him, bro. We heard that he signed. Then they retracted and said, oh, wait, they he's really close, but he's going to maybe explore some more options. We, we've heard it before. I, I can't remember what free agent, you know, exactly, but I, I remember this story before. Well, last year. Yeah, that, that too. But I swear, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen, like, stories where, like, you know, we thought we got a guy and turns out, you know, former team decides to make another offer. And then he Jack gets, Barrett, kind of. Yeah, yeah, that one. That's, yeah. That was it. Shaq Barrett, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, nothing's finalized. I know Jordan Schultz posted that, you know, he was signing with the Bengals. Tweet got deleted. So, you know, maybe maybe they're not fully there yet. You know, I think I think mm-hmm. when you really look at it, man, like if you sign him for a cheap deal, and I know, you know, his market value might be a little up there. Um, but, you know, if you can get him cheap and then you actually can add Taylor Rapp, which I will say I've been kind of a – Taylor rap hater, but I, the more I look at him, the more I like him. I just, I want, I want speed out of that safety position. I want guys flying across the field. And I think yeah, a dream, a dream pick is a guy like Chauncey Gardner Johnson. You know what I mean? If you can get yeah. a guy like that in your system, like that, that's, that's a crazy world difference than what you had. Because if you add a guy like that and I, I know we're wondering like, man, could it happen? Like, I, I think it can happen, but the way that they're kind of filling out the safety market, maybe not so likely. But I think if you add him, bro, you're not you're not losing much when you lose Jesse Bates. Like he he's a dude. Like six picks in twelve games. Like it makes me really think this dude could set the NFL interception uh, record as a safety. You know, like see see Trayvon Diggs. You know double digit interception numbers, but this guy's doing it to safety position. So I think, man, if we if we could get a guy like that, I think I just I like the idea of having really fast safeties that are just flying around out there. And I think you bring in a guy like Rap, I mean you don't you don't have as much speed. And I think that's what we were what we had with Von Bell, right? Like yeah. he was he was a dog, you know, had great instincts, but wasn't the fastest at times, and I think Dax, 4-3 guy, you add in Chauncey in there, a 4-4 guy, like, you just have so much speed in the back, back end. Yep. Yeah, man. I mean, I was, we were saying this in the spaces a couple days ago, and this is with utmost respect to Jesse and Vaughn. I've got nothing but love for him. I'll reiterate that again and again and again and again because I don't want anybody spewing toxicity about those guys. They, you know, went off and did their thing. Um, also, they were polished well into loose system. There is higher upside in skill 
with the CJGJ in Dax Hill than Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Seriously, bro. They, like I said, they'd have to get going, work together, time, gel, mesh. We know all about that. If that would happen, you could talk about the from November on in the NFL that is a the top safety duo in football, if that would happen. I mean, the speed would be fucking incredible from that safety unit. Versatility that is unfucking common. It is, uh, dude, it's just insane to think that CTB can play anywhere you want. Right. Dax Hill can play anywhere you want. He would you you're not confidently putting him outside though. Uh he would have some more polishing to do etiquette wise, but com- nothing about inability to work out there. Nothing. Unlike, you know, not like a Mike Hilton. You know what I'm saying? Like you would never want to put Mike Hilton on the outside. But I'm talking about these guys would have versatility out the ass, speed, and elite athleticism. And you inject a guy in there like CJG unit, you'd be Super Bowl favorites. And you may be already. I mean, with the addition of Orlando Brown. Um, yeah, man, like, I'll finish with this point on CJGJ, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Man, his name always trips me up. <laughs> um, he He's playing a little diva right now. He's playing a little diva on Twitter. Um, you know, social media, just really trying to gain as much leverage as he can. Look, guys, the Saints traded him to the Eagles because he wanted a fat bag. They couldn't give him a fat bag because we know how the Saints are. They love to be ninety thousand. They love to be nine hundred million dollars over the cap before the season. Then they converted all to cash. Blah 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 blah. They couldn't afford to pay him because they're paying top dollar to fucking um Marcus Williams or uh, uh not him, other corner. Whatever the fuck his name is, he's a star. Iron Matthew? No, no. Oh. The, he's even though he's getting ten mil per or eight or nine. Uh, fuck. Who's their fucking corner? Oh, Lattimore. Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, they couldn't pay him. You know, uh, and I don't know what he got from the Eagles last year. He may have been on his rookie contract. Nonetheless, uh, the Bengals, from what I've learned, from what I've heard. The Bengals have not reached out to his reps yet. The reps of CJGJ have reached out to the Bengals, kind of like Kenny Galladay. The Bengals are doing what they do. They are sitting on their hands intentionally, not blindly, not, you know, looking around like idiots and missing an opportunity. It's intentional. He's getting cute. He's trying to overinflate his value to get as much dollars as he can, it's not going to happen. We'll keep him impatient. He wants to be here. And, and I, I think that's what it is right now. I think he's not getting what he wants on the market. And the Bengals, no. the Bengals are probably willing to pay, you know, whatever it is right now. But like you said, they're going to wait it out. Maybe they even get him a little cheaper. That's but, it. But wait it, you know, wait it out and, and just see if somehow – you can get him, but also I saw something that and maybe the Eagles. I know, I know the Bengals are apparently possibly interested, but also the, they're thinking about the Eagles bringing him back on a one-year deal. So I, I don't yep. know. I mean, it could absolutely happen. 
it could absolutely happen for them. Um, you know, they got some money and they're willing to do whatever it takes too. yo, you know, like it don't mean it's over for CJ GJ in, uh, in Philadelphia, but it seems like it's going to be the Eagles or the Bengals. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to say on it. Um, you know, all Bengals fans on social have been going crazy about this the past couple of days. And a lot of us are kind of rifting to this new mindset that we're getting a sense that the Bengals have. We're going to sit on our hands. And uh, you're starting to, you're starting to fiddle with us a bit, bro. And you're starting to fiddle around a bit. We're starting to see that it's a play, a ploy that you're trying to do. And we got our own as well. So it's a waiting game. We'll see if anything transpires with them, but to turn it back and, um, wrap up this episode soon with Nick Scott. Um, we'll see if we end up bringing him in. I liked him. You know, we're talking about a guy, Nick Scott, the safety with the Rams, was a seventh-round pick, 243 overall, 2019 out of Penn State. Really good athletic profile. Looked at his RES, um, 93 percentile athlete, 4-4-5 speed. So middle 4-4s, that's what you like out of a safety that dude loves to get fucking dirty. He will deck and lay some motherfuckers out. You see a lot of his highlight tapes. He's a fiend for the ball. He's a fiend for getting to the line of scrimmage. And that smells a lot like Von Bell to me. And I really liked with what I saw. But then the contract, we learned that it retracted for now. Doesn't mean things won't fall through or things won't go through. and He will become a bangle. But it also means that he could not be a bangle. Yeah, we'll he, see how things go with him. Yeah, he might he might sign his deal in the morning, you know, similar to like a guy like Cody Ford. But yeah, yeah. We'll definitely we'll definitely have to see it. But that's interesting. He's got four four speed. I think he he just is is a gl- like glowing example of what the Bengals do, right? You know, we bring in guys like uh-huh. we bring it we bring in these guys that like we've said. They have something to prove. Got a little chip or chip on their shoulder, and mm-hmm. coming in here, he could really boost his, you know, boost his name in the NFL. I know a lot of people don't know about him for real. So you bring a guy in there, they're gonna be like, "Who, who the fucks Nick Scott?" Yeah, I never heard of him. He's a dog. Like Nick Scott's a dog. What do you mean? Like so, yep. I think in when you when you kind of compare, I made a tweet today. Like when you're compare Vaughn and, and his they they definitely look very similar minus the two the two interceptions I mean Vaughn just kind of had a a game of his life against Miami so he got those two picks there so I think I he think actually, he had two two interceptions games last oh year. you're right you're right yep. holy fuck back to back it was the Ravens in the Dolphins game it, it's crazy bro like I, I think they're they're getting a dog out there in Carolina. They really are. But I think yep. what what this coaching staff's been able to accomplish up up to this point, if they sign, if they official officially sign Nick Scott tomorrow morning, I, I think I think they they know what they're doing. I think he's he's at a Von Bell type of age, right? But you're probably you know similar to what they wanted on Von's first contract. That's probably what you can get with Nick Scott. You probably can get very low guaranteed money. You probably can get some leverage there just because there's not much to work with. You've seen you've seen flashes of him, but he still has to kind of prove himself. And I know it's probably gonna yep. be one big contract, but at the same time Oh yeah, he won't be able to get it. Right. Yeah. He hasn't played that much. Right. 
come into a winning organization and, and contribute. And he can, I, I like the idea of bringing him in because the more the days go on, I really think the Bengals are confident in Tyson Anderson. So if you bring in a guy to kind of compete with Tyson and mm-hmm. be with him and you know be able to bring out the best in, in both people. So I think if you bring him in, you have a third safety, obviously, there. And uh, yeah. I don't know how how the things are going to go with Taylor Rapp. I mean, as far as we know, we might sign both of the Rams safeties. You know what uh, I mean? It might be something like that. Yeah, it, it's – that would be ironic, bro. That'd be so ironic. You know, <laughs> it, it's funny. Obviously, it's a small. Well, I guess I can't really say a small thing because a lot of people take the Super Bowl loss on much different levels than some others. Um, it's just kind of ironic how, like, I don't feel any of that animosity anymore because I'm so focused on winning in the future. Facts. Give a fuck what happened in the past. So, like, I look at all these Rams prospects. I'm like, I don't care. I'll take them all. Like, I don't give a fuck about, like, you know, this dude won their bowl against me, you know, 12 months, 13 months ago, whatever. But, uh, yeah, that that could happen, bro. Like, it could happen to where you bring in both Taylor Rapp and Nick Scott. You really like that. Like, bro, to bring it back with Nick Scott a bit, um, the dude has – he just hasn't played that much. I was talking to Zim. It's like – it's a lot like a Luminor to me. You know, a dude that was in the background – he was a swing guy. He was a backup, key backup player, but didn't get a lot of reps. Then he finally got his chance, and he played well. Not elite, not great, well. And what do we keep talking about, bro? Like, this is where we thrive as an organization. You pick up guys that are seen around the league as, oh, that's a quote-unquote fine player. Mm, we got a specific thing for you, brother. We'll turn you into a really good fucking player. We've done it so successfully the past few years. I feel like that guy would fit that profile. I really want Nick Scott. Um, I don't know a ton about Taylor Rapp's game. Um, I know he's a bit slower, but there's guys. The Bengals are looking at guys, okay, people? They're going to get a guy for the safety position. And, um, man, I mean – that's pretty much it, you know, with a lot of the updates visits-wise. Um, and, yeah, bro, it just comes back. What we love is, you know, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Right. What we yeah. really like is Nick Scott were open to Taylor Rapp. I feel like that's kind of what the consensus is right now. I think, I think it also reminds me of the situation. I don't know if we signed Vaughn and Ricardo – in the same year, maybe I'm wrong, but no, yeah, it's actually a, a couple years apart, I think. Okay, all right, oh, wait. it's one year apart, might be one year okay. apart because it, it just it kind of I know you bring back a guy like Michael Thomas, great special teams, there, but I, I could realistically see them signing two safeties, you know, just to say the hell with it and, and really boost their safety position because I, I know a lot of people are concerned over the fact that wow you lose both starting safeties like but you still have Dax Hill and Tyson Anderson these young guys are gonna they will I'm starting to think they will I I think they will bro yeah because like look bro here's what's nice it gives me so much comfort that 
you see the Bengals operate in these ways. As we talked about yesterday, not getting into the Orlando signing again, but philosophically, um, you you love the idea of attacking when it's a prime position to attack, such as when there's really good players at an influx at a position in the market, free agency in the draft. Oh, there's lots of tight ends, great tight end draft, great running. Great cornerback draft, terrible safety draft. Like, yeah, guys, they're gonna get safeties in free agency because of what I just said. They know that they're going to look to get a low end tight end because of how big it's safety and tight end are massive holes right now. But yeah. we're gonna fill them up, we're gonna get a free agent. Tight end's a bit different because you have the influx in draft, you don't in safety. So they're going to get the safeties this year. And it's just nice to look at like, oh, the Bengals, it keeps coming back to the philosophy. I'm just starting to figure out with them. You know, oh, they love to sign guys on going on second contract. Oh, they love to sign dudes that are under 28 years old or would have a contract going to 29, no past 30 almost every time. They don't want to sign a dude past age 30 years old. No guarantees after second year, blah, blah, blah. I've been saying that a lot. Also, by the way, I thought they were offering a big chunk of guaranteed cash um, in year two of Orlando's deal. They're not. It's all year one. That stands again. That's how they do shit. So, guys, don't fucking cry if they don't sign a Dalton Schultz or Mike Isecki, okay? Will we love it? Absolutely. And but I- they're going to get a tight end in the draft. Same with the fucking... Uh, running back. And I, I want to bring up that point too. Like the more the days go on, the more confident I am with the Bengals being able to land a guy like Dalton Schultz or Mike Gusicki. And I know, yep. I know yep. that, I know that, you know, you think about it like, Oh, but those guys are, are top dudes, but it's like the market is not there. Right. Like it's not there. So I could like, I realistically could see it. I know Zim was saying something about Foster Moreau coming here tomorrow. I don't know. Dalton Schultz. So, wait, wait, what'd you say? I I was just thinking, like, bro, they could get Dalton Schultz for a year if they wanted. They could. I'm telling you, the market is is depressed right now. It it's depressed for him. It it's it's amazing for Mike Isecki. He's like, whoa. Like, look at my talent. Every team knows about my talent. Yeah, I had a really weird 2022 year. Everybody knows why. It wasn't the inability of talent. It was scheme. Mike, McD- Mike Dan, whatever the fuck his name is, he didn't value, you know, Mike Yusecki in that offense. So he wasn't used accordingly. But the low-end tight ends are getting paid. The top-tier money in tight end is non-existent in the free agent market. Why? Because those top-tier guys don't hit free agency. Travis Kelsey's not a free agent. Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Darren Waller. These dudes are not free agents. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it, it doesn't exist right now, and teams are not budging to give it to a Dalton Schultz. If a few days pass and he's not signed, I bet you he could take an $8.5 million deal. Drake, hear me out for one second. Think about how crazy this would be. Um, say you get Dalton Schultz. And he's your TE1, and you sign back Mitch Wilcox. You go to the draft, 
in rounds one or two, you get Michael Mayer, who somehow falls, and then you draft a second-round tackle. Fucking imagine how lethal this offense would be with Dalton Schultz and Michael Mayer on it. I I 100% agree with you. Like, I I could see it. Like, and the thing is – I, I really, like, I don't know what it is. I, I'm getting a gut feeling. Like, I just think these two tight ends right here are just, like, sitting there, like, wondering, like, okay, when's it, when's it going to come? But I just think there's teams out there right now that view it like we don't want to pay a guy when this tight end draft looks this good. You know what I mean? So I think – I think really, if you if you can get a guy like Dalton Schultz at eight point five, or you know, I I think if you get a guy like Foster Moreau, you could get a guy like that on like a two year deal. So I think mm-hmm. I think it really really depends on the route they want to take, man. I think I think Moreau makes a lot of sense, but yeah. same time, God, man, you got to think if you if you have the chance for for even a year to get one of those guys and, and add add them as a toy to your offense. I think that in itself you have you have a rookie tight end and coming. So that that helps too. I mean it helps the development there with with a yeah. guy that's experienced and, and knows what he's doing. Like Dalton Schultz is a guy that will go for don't don't call me crazy, but nine hundred yards. Maybe not in this offense, but he he's a dude. Like I think I think people just just fail to realize, like, mm-hmm. if you get a guy like that in your offense to go across the middle, and that's what I've been wanting for a really long time is a tight end, bro, that could just go crazy across the middle. Like, we saw it a little bit with Eifert, you know what I mean? But, like, I'm trying to see, like, a dude. You know, I'm trying to see a dude. And if you if you can get a dude like that, go for it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, it It's crazy because – I've got a feeling about Dalton Schultz. I don't know. That's pure speculation. Not even speculation. That's pure intuition. Like, I've speculated on nothing with this, all right, y'all? So don't run with anything. But, like, me and Drake been clearly talking about, this market is depressed right now for him. Like I said, Mikey Secchi, Foster Moreau, they're loving life right now. They're going to get paid somewhere. They're going to get money somewhere, and they're going to like how it turns out. But with fucking Dalton Schultz, top dollar boy, we don't know how it's going to transpire. And I don't know, man. Like, you sure Dalton Schultz ain't going to take nine mil if a week and a half passes? You know what I'm saying? Right. No, seriously. Like, it it doesn't – it's not out of the equation. I just – it would really shock me for – you know, something to come across my screen saying breaking Mike Gesicki to a four-year, fifty million dollar. I I would just that would shock me. So I think I think they're gonna they're gonna wait out this tight end work and see what see what they can make do. I know I know we we've mentioned guys like Irv Smith and guys like that, but if God man, if you can get one of those dudes, bro, and just pay the extra ticket for a year, like just a year, just a year. You- you're gonna have the cap hit with Burrow next year, right? So you don't even gotta worry about it. Just just get him here and go try to win the Super Bowl with these dudes. Yup, exactly, bro. And like I I I just got a thought that 
I would actually prefer. Well, no, I don't want to. Michael Mayer, I do like him more than Darnell Washington. I think they're both going to be really fucking good. Okay, yeah. Like somebody's like diehard on one or the. It's going to be really good, but Michael Mayer is more polished right now as a NFL ready tight end. Okay, it's just the reality that could change in the next year. We'll see. Nonetheless, if you to a one year nine. Maybe nine, nine point five, uh, nine point five million dollar deal. You could draft the Darnell Washington in round two, and here's why: you could sell an image of, "Hey, we're going to draft the tight end Dalton, but he's not going to start over you." It's a bit easier to have Darnell sit, you know, in the background develop, take some time than like a Michael when you know he's so ready, you know? Like, as a pass catcher, Darnell has the ability. It's just still raw and kind of miscombobulated and not so put together yet. Um, Yeah, man, we're probably talking circles at this point. There's lots of options out there, guys. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll kind of sum this up real quick. Quick 10-second rundown. You're, you got your depth in Cody, Cody Ford. I keep wanting to say Cody Core. Fuck. Fucking 2017 Bengals legend Cody Core. Um uh Nate fuck Nick Scott, whatever the fuck his name is. There's so many guys. Taylor Rapp, and it's really late at night. CJ Gardner Johnson's in the mix. You secure Orlando Brown. What tight end is coming on the Bengals tomorrow or the next day or the following? It's to be seen. Yeah, we, we might have to do an emergency episode for that one because, I mean. Keep them coming. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Well, I'm tired as fuck. I'm sure you are too, man. Uh, anything else you want to get out before we dip? No. I mean, I think we, we pretty much got all of it out here tonight. I mean, that was that was pretty much it. Hopefully we get a, a Dalton Schultz or Mike Kosicki. I'm all on train for that. Holy shit, bro. If we sign Dalton Schultz, you know what, bro? I feel something with it, man. I, I don't know why. Like, I feel something with the Dalton Schultz deal. You know how me and you are, bro. Yeah. You know, talk a lot about our intuition. Doesn't mean it's always right. You know, there's been times where we're wrong. But when you got the that intuition, people, you take that shit. And I'm feeling something with it. I'll, I'll look a bit more into it. You know, if I'm standing on complete delusion or if I can try to build some logic uh, like the bullshit I had with Saquon Barkley. Fuck the Giants. <laughs> you Saquon right now. But nonetheless, man, appreciate you. Um, what a nice 25-minute episode we initially planned for. Right. Hour. For sure. Yeah, doubled it. Yep, no shit, man. Well, I'll talk to you. Um, and, yeah, guys, stay tuned. You know, when other big news happens, me and Drake will hop on an episode and uh, release another emergency episode. So, appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. Peace. Stay safe. You too.